I thought of a catchy phrase for today's, uh, I tried to use a catchy phrase for today's title. So now I'm going to find out who watches what on Netflix. I thought I would title today's message, Breaking. See how many of you said Breaking Bad? So those of you who said that can come forward to receive Jesus as your personal <laughs> Lord and Savior. The end of the service. I wanted to talk to you under this topic of delivering us from evil, or as the old translations say, deliver us from the evil one. I wanted to talk about what was so bad about Babel, the Tower of Babel. It's probably one of those stories. It is pronounced that way, by the way. I checked. Uh, I, I wasn't sure how to say it, but it's Babel. Um, uh, it's one of those Bible stories we probably all know something about, and it's never been quite clear to many of us why God was so upset. It seemed like people working together, building something, and then it sort of almost was taught to me like God was a little jealous that they were doing so well and that they were going to build this tower up into the heavens. And they would almost become too important. So God, uh, in a grumpy way, sort of destroyed the tower. But I think it would be very good to look at what actually happened there. And I'll tell you why. I think we are under the same kind of spirit in the world today. And I'll explain why. I think the world without Jesus is building Babel again. And I'll explain why. So Genesis chapter 11, uh, verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language, one speech, and it came to pass, they journeyed, uh, from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shina and they dwelt there. Uh, then they said to one another, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly that they, uh, they had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, so the idea was that it's permanent. What we're going to do now is permanent. And then they said um, to themselves, come let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. See, that's where things start, you see. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the whole face of this. So let's all stay together. Let's all go everywhere. Do you remember Genesis? What did God say to man? Multiply and? So, so, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they have one language. And this is, um, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there and confuse the language that they may not understand one another. And so the Lord scattered them abroad uh, uh, from there over the face of the whole earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore, it is, uh, it is named, uh, its name is Babel because the Lord had confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad across the face of the whole earth. Well, I, I wanted to be uh, uh, clear about what this tower and God's problem with the tower was. It wasn't that people were working together. It was that there was nobody to say no. That was, that was the challenge. The challenge was if everybody says it's always okay then there's nobody to say that's too far. And this was God's uh, concern uh, in, in, in that culture or that humanistic attitude, that if we all agree that it's good, 
then nobody can go against us. Nothing can be withheld from us. Our name will be great and we will reach the heavens. Don't you see a tendency towards that in society today? That if we all agree that's the direction something should happen in and there's nobody to get up and say, no, that's a line too far, then we're building towers again and we're making names for ourselves. You know, there is a risk in never having a a voice of discernment and a voice of boundary in our lives. What's one of the hardest things for a parent to have to teach their children? One of the hardest things is to teach them to accept no. Yes is easy. No is traumatizing. How many parents just experienced a great release of understanding and trauma right there in your lives right now? You were like, thank you, Jesus, for understanding me. It's easy. If your child says, I want the sweet, and you say yes, the yes is easy. If your child says, I want this lemon meringue, this, the sweet, and you say no, how many of you know in the moment of that, deliver us from evil comes into effect in that exact moment? There is this tremendous tendency to affirm, to give consent, to give permission to ourselves or to, for society to give permission to itself about what is good and what is right and what is uh, healthy. You know, the Bible talks about Proverbs about how that some people uh, do things because it seems right in their own eyes. It seems right in our own eyes. One of the greatest kinds of evil there is in the world is to find yourself amongst a group of people who agree with everything you do all the time and there's no one ever saying that's a line too far or you can be better than that or you should rise up above that or you shouldn't step into that or you should walk away from that because God has something better for you. And I wanted to encourage you to be wise not to build Towers to build a name for yourself, but instead to let the Lord be your strong tower. Let his name be the banner over your life. It's easy to build a tower for ourselves because we get the credit and we do things our way. But when you build a tower with Christ as the name over the top of it, then the foundation has to be uh, Jesus Christ and the cornerstone has to be Jesus Christ and the banner over it has to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Don't mistake your tower as reaching the heavens to be the same as Christ's cross, which really reached the heavens and brought down God's great blessings. And it's become so incredibly difficult these days to say no because we hurt people's feelings or we hurt some part of our soul gets a little hurt. I've learned if you really want to walk away from evil and walk into righteousness, then take a little bit of hurt at the beginning so that you can enjoy a lot of joy later. Every parent knows this. I'm going to do that. I, I do this because I look at you, wonderful parents. You must understand that this hiding comes from a place of love. It's for your own good. When you're a little older, you will thank me. When you're a little older, you will be me and you will do this to your child. See, There was this humanistic attitude without restraint and there is a danger for that. Matthew chapter 6 verse 14 says, For if you forgive other people 
when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you. This idea of having to accept things, release things, forgive things, walk away from things is biblical. And one of the evils in life is to say, we don't have to do that. We can stay angry. We can do our own thing and we can do it our own way. Some of you know, I've been doing this little side hustle, uh, a, a legal one, just to clarify. A little side hustle. Ever since that series, what's in your bag? I asked myself that question, right? So I did this little Airbnb at my house. I'm in month three. I'm super excited. I only had one empty day in the entire month of March. That day annoyed me so much. It broke my record. But in order to fill some days, I'm going somewhere with this. In order to fill some days, I had to, 24 hours before that day, drop the price. You know, to get a, you know, somebody. To drop it from like 700 to 500. And some people said to me that are in the same business, never drop your price. I thought, okay, well, you know, 500 bucks though. 500 bucks. It doesn't pay me to bring a cleaner in. I've got to do it myself on a, on a weekend. It's not worth, you know, you pay the cleaner 300 rand. So with, so, so sometimes after church, you know, I bless you all. And then I go and I get my, I, I get my, um, my gloves on and I clean. And my mindset is, I'm glad I did this because this is my tithe right here. It's a mentality that this world is coming after. This world doesn't want your time or your money. This world wants your mentality. If you develop a worldly mentality and build towers with your own name on it, he's got you. That's evil. That's wicked. What you want to do is build a tower, a life under the banner of Jesus Christ. That's what you want. You want to build a marriage? Do it God's way. doesn't matter what the rest of the world, what everybody else says is good and not good, set it aside and say, what does the Lord say? Because I'm building a different kind of life and I'm building it on a firmer foundation. And if everybody is in disagreement out there, I'm not going to fall for it. Can you say amen to that? There's a danger there of what we commonly know as divide and, and rule. The devil is trying to divide our hearts from being fully united uh, with God. Do you know, right from the very beginning in Genesis, God divided or separated things that are not good together. Some things just don't work well together. And right from the beginning, God did that. In fact, sometimes God separated things and created a separation in order to make things possible. Right at the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, God said, let there be light. And he saw the light was good. He divided the light from the darkness. There was a separation. This part's day, this part's night. So let me get tricky. This part's righteous, that's unrighteous. This thing's holy, that's unholy. That's walking in the light, that's stumbling in the dark. This is biblical, that's unbiblical. Right from Genesis. Amen? I think there's something about that that's very important. Verse 7, thus God made the firmament, divided the waters which were uh, under the firmament uh, from the waters which are above the firmament. So water in the sky, water on the ground. Took sounds quite a long time to eventually get there. 
And it was so. Again, God dividing heavenly water from earthly water, stuff that's from the heavens and stuff that's from the earth. And God was doing, modeling something for us. Some things are from heaven and some things are from earth. And you want to have, you want to have a marriage? Get it from heaven. Don't pick one up from the dirt. Oh, that's harsh. I felt it in the room there. You were like, hey, stay away from my marriage. Go get one of your own. <laughs> See, you, 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 you want to pick up a business plan? Pick it up from the heavens where the water is there. Don't pick one up from the dirt. Separation. Now, some things should be united and some things should be separated. The trick of the devil is he's uniting people in the wrong ways and separating them about the wrong things. And I particularly love Father's House. I mean, I, I think it's wonderful that there are churches everywhere and everywhere in the city uh, and everywhere in our nation. But there's something very unique about Father's House, in my opinion. And I've been here a while. It is, the uniqueness is the, the diversity of people in walks of life, cultural backgrounds and races who come together and can stand under the banner of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and be united together under his name. That's a powerful thing. That's a powerful thing. Never let the devil divide us. Uh, Let the Lord unite us in spirit. But be careful what we are united to out there, what we stand in agreement uh, uh, with. Even through the Exodus, God was um, uh, representing this idea of separation. Exodus uh, chapter 14. Remember when they got to the Red Sea? And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the waters to go back uh, by a strong east wind uh, all night. How many of you thought that the east wind all night came to last night in Mandela Bay and was separate? Let's be prophetic. The Lord is taking you through the Dead Sea. I don't know. And he made the scene to the dry land and the waters were divided. Again, a great wind came and God divided. Israel, this is your past, Egypt, and this is your future, the promised land. You need a line. You need a few lines. This far and no further. Because if you don't, the devil will keep blurring your lines. Can you say amen to that? That's evil. It's not a big thing. It's a blur. That's evil. I'm, I'm kind of a fan of a particular American architect. Um, he, 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 you know, we were born about the same time in the 1800s. Uh, a, a guy called Lloyd Wright. And I watched an interview of him recently, really old, grainy, black and white. Absolutely loved his answer. Uh, this interviewer was being very clever, asking very tricky questions. He kept simplifying his answer. So the, the, the interviewer said, what's the minimum requirement you want to put in a house? When you design a house, what do you want to put in it? Guess what he said? A family. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's a good answer. I thought, well, you know, you've got to have an ensuite. You've got to have a lobby. You've got to have a, you know, vacuum system, something I think South Africans should get into. You've got to have a thing. 
Do you know what he said? I got to put a family in. Let me tell you what your minimum requirement is in life. You know what your minimum requirement is for a good marriage? Minimum requirement for a good business? Minimum requirement for a good uh, 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 household raising a family? You got to put Christ in it. That's what I need in my, that's what I need in it. Whatever it takes to have him in it, that's the thing I'm building. Can you say amen? See, we're tempted. We are creatures of, of building. We want to do something, make something of ourselves, for ourselves, for our children even. Every one of us have used that noble, I'm not doing it for me. But do it for the Lord as unto the Lord. In Luke chapter 15, it's the parable of the prodigal son. That too was a division, a separation. What did the young man want? He had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Do you know, sometimes when you take an inheritance and separate yourself from the one who gave you the inheritance, you get into trouble. It is God who gives us all good things. I'll never take the good things and then forget the God who gave me the good things. I go prodigal rogue when I do that and I lose everything I had when I do that because I lost the source of the spiritual blessing and and ran with the little I had. Watch out that the devil doesn't try to separate you. And of course, a house divided cannot stand. Even the, Jesus is describing even the devil, how that if the devil is divided, it can't stand. It works with one mind. He works with one mind to chase after us. So what is the spirit of Babel? It is two things. On one hand, it is trying to build a tower and a name for ourselves And only having people who agree with our way of doing things in our lives without a heart for discernment, a heart for boundaries, and a heart for righteous um, decisions. That's one part of it. The second, the spirit of Babel, is to divide people who should be together, building the name of Jesus Christ. There is a spirit of division in the world today. And you know what it's dividing? Anyone who disagrees with its voice, starting to divide and split and divide and split. Let me tell you, as a church and as the children of God, let's just draw a line in the sand and say, this far and no further. The Lord is Lord Almighty. He is the righteous one. It is his precepts that stand the test of time. You're not going to break us on that. And we're going to stand the test of time in popular times and in unpopular times. We're going to keep walking in the righteousness of the Lord. I'm not going to agree to the spirit of this world and build a tower, a name for myself and do it the world's way. Can you say amen to that? Thank you. It's an anointing when the clapping starts at the back. I just want you to know that the Lord has has gone ahead of us. Mark chapter 3, I think I've already gone past that reference uh, production. Uh, Right through to verse 24, which says, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Do you know, all, all you need is for the devil to keep us preoccupied over division that we can't be engaged in mission. 
I hear it all the time. You know, someday I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to answer all the things they say about me. I just feel like doing that someday. Because there's such, you know, it, there's such nonsense. It, it, it boggles, it's beyond comprehension, boggles the mind. But then I realize it's not the person, it's a spirit. It's a spirit. Don't fall for the spirit. We can have a conversation about the person, but don't fall for the spirit. There is a spirit that breaks down. It's a spirit of division. Now, I mean, I'm not experiencing it any more now than at any other time, to be honest. So don't, don't feel I'm like aiming at anything. Well, I'm aiming at the devil. But there's a spirit that comes to sow division. I mean, I'm, all of a sudden, I'm being accused of having some affair with some, some lady like... I was, you know, that I, w- I, w- I went away for the weekend to a game reserve with, with, with someone's wife. Did you not know about that one? Oh, let me add a few. <laughs> let me just tell you, uh, how did I, did I just say to Mark and look, Vince, look chaps, you know, I'm off on a sort of a sexual weekend. <laughs> See you Monday. I mean, how, how did that happen? It's just no possibility of that. I'm literally tracked virtually every day. I don't know how that happened. Somebody thought that was true, you know, a, a few people. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's a thing and it stays in the air and it stays in the air. Let me tell you, clean up the air in your life, our lives, and let's pick up and move forward. We will not be divided in our house and we will not connect ourselves to some other house in the world and agree with the spirit of the world. That's not going to happen. You just have to draw a line and say, no, man, you know, that, that, that can't be. In fact, I, every now and then when I, when I hear something about another church, someone will say, hey, George, you know what happened in this church, that church, they did this, that. I've now learned a, a wonderful phrase. I look them in the eye and I say, I know that church, I doubt that happened. I just doubt it because I have been the victim of so much like weirdness that I just feel sorry for every pastor out there. You know, it's like I doubt it. What is it? It's the spirit of this world. You know why? Because we're starting to say no to the world about certain things. Hang on, no. I know it's going to make you scream. I know you really want that lemon meringue pie. But no, it's not good for you to shift certain things, no. And they are like, whoa, let's crush them. So we can all have one voice and one language and all agree to one thing and build a name for ourselves. And God comes back to our cities and back to our towers and he says, this is not good because you've got nobody to say no. Tough, huh? Some of you are pretty anxious already. It's like, move it along. Could have come up with a nice, softer birthday uh, message, surely. Could have been nicer about it. Uh, I think the nicest thing um, to say to somebody is truth. I would say it in a nice way, but I think the nicest thing to say to somebody is truth. I think that's... And that's why evil, um, it's just so subtle and so nuanced and so, it's a delicate thing. Comes in very, very tricky, very delicate. 
So on the basis of the Tower of Babel, I want to show you three ways that you can accidentally build the wrong tower and then three ways, but I'll be quick, I'll be quick, I'll definitely be finished on time because, because as you know, <laughs> waiting for me under the seat. But three ways. First of all, covenants. Watch out what kinds of covenants or agreements you make in your life. A covenant is to stand in agreement with another opinion. Just watch out that what you make in covenant. Some of us, we've made covenants with our TV shows. I'm serious. You just go to like, I need to stop that because it's drawing my heart into agreeing to think like that. And I don't, you see, it's one voice, one language, one, you see, that's a covenant. Uh, a covenant, a covenant is, 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 is to, is to repeat or, 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 or represent another opinion. To make a covenant like that. Make sure that you break covenants or agreements you've made in your heart or in your mind or with your mouth that are not in line with God's word because you're allowing the spirit of Babel to come and occupy space. Covenants. Secondly, contracts. Contracts are an agreement for you to perform a certain way. You might have to end some of those. A contract is to say, I will do this. I've committed to doing this. Make sure that everything you've committed to do is something God um, is proud of. And that if there are things I'm doing that I need to end, I should end them. Now you might think, well, that sounds just very out in the air. But I, I've got friends who I'm trying to counsel on, on godliness They've got contracts with some of their friends. Every Saturday night, they go out and they behave unbiblically and then they try and resurrect their faith and their life on Sunday. End the contract. And if it means ending one or two friendships along the way for a season, you might have to. Is that too harsh? You might have to just say, listen, this contract we, we came up with since high school, since varsity. I've got a different covenant. If you want to come with me on that, I'd invite you. But I can't stay in this contract. It's unhealthy for me. I need to break that and I do walk in fullness of righteousness and sever that tie. Some people have a contract with drugs, pornography, money. You've made an agreement of performing a certain way and now it is a binding habit. And I am telling you here today that Jesus Christ will rewire you, set you free from that contract and plant you firmly in the household of faith and the household of God. And he will make distance from your past and launch you into your future. Cut the contract with unrighteous threads in your life. And then thirdly, confessions. Confessions are a tower of Babel. Uh, false confessions, of course. Uh, con confessions like, I'm just, I'm broken. I can't. I never have. Nobody ever. You know, you, 
you really, that's the spirit of this world that's coming to break down your faith and break down your future. You can have brokenness, but it is brokenness carried by Jesus Christ. So what I say when I'm feeling out of it, I say, I am grateful that God is faithful. Because right now, I feel faulty. It's okay, because it puts the name on Jesus Christ and not on, on my weakness. Don't make confessions that are like agreements with your own mouth that are breaking down what God has in mind for you. Can you say amen to that? And then, ah, oh, is that a clappable moment? And then in the three minutes, I, in the next three minutes, I want to give you ABCs. I know it's a lot of info these days, but I get like lots more views on YouTube if I put more info into the, should I not have said that? I'm sorry. Um, ABCs on breaking the spirit of, of Babel. Number one, you are and need to be part of a body. You are and need to be part of a body. Remember this thing of division and separation? but united where you need to be. You need to be part of, of a body. I spoke to a friend the other day who said, please get hold of my brother. He's not in good shape and he only listens to you. I do find that kind of statement very stressful on me personally. Only. I said, why don't you just sit down with him and have a conversation, say, look, things aren't going the right way. Have a chat. She said, I've got zero compassion. I don't have mercy. That's why. Did they think to myself, if she thinks I'm the merciful one? Cherise, that was a loud amen. But if she thinks I'm the merciful one, this poor brother is in trouble. The Lord is sharpening the knives on the double-edged sword. But I did say to her, you know what? We can't all play the same part in his life. If everybody is always compassionate, where is the firmness? If everybody is always cleaning up, where is the training in righteousness? You can be compassionate. God's going to send somebody else who's direct. It's being part of the body, the hands and the feet and the eyes and the ears all working together. And between us all, we fight the spirit of this world and we raise up the name of Jesus Christ in this land. We are a body and we need to be part of a body. I need you. You need me. I hope we need one another and we build together. Can you say amen to that? We need that. Never be in an environment where everybody only does what you know to do. I'm not a long prayer person. I like quick prayers. Even in my personal life, I say to the Lord, I'm going to give you half an hour. And then I talk for about three minutes and I just wait on the Lord to fill the other 27 minutes. That's just my, but I know people that if I ask them to pray, it's like starting, you know, a turbine at Eskom. I just know if I start them, I can almost hear the diesel engine in the background. And I, I know, no, I know people like that. A half an hour later, they're just warming up. It's getting to their hands now. Oh Lord, coming after our church. Oh, the devil. And they go for it. That's their thing. I'm out. I've tapped out and I'm already laying hands on the sick at this point. 
And sometimes I have to go back to them and say, you can stop now. It's okay, you're, you're, you're generating, you're generating. You can just, you can settle down now. We're at radiation level now. You can just slow down. How grateful am I that I don't have to be that guy and me or that girl and me? A body. Somebody's going to say every time they see a person in need on the street, they're going to stop the car or they're going to go to a shop. They're going to buy something. They're going to bring it. They're going to sit down. They're going to talk to them. They're going to pray with them. Somebody needs to do that. Not necessarily everybody, certainly not nobody, but the body must work properly and everyone does its part. If you leave the room, you leave a void in the room. The body is necessary. Do not let the spirit of this world divide God's house. We're a body. We need to be part of a building. Not not a physical, but the Bible describes our unity as a body and a building. And the Bible says the body does different chores, but the building carries the presence of God. You must be part of a body, but you should also be a building in which God dwells by His Spirit. When you're building a building, Mr. Architect, what do you want to put in it? A family. When you're building a life, Christian, what do you want to put in it? Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, dwelling comfortably, rooted comfortably within us. Then the Spirit of this world can be pushed back because where there is light, darkness can't prosper and the darkness flees from it. Can you say amen to that? Got to to get that right. Let me tell you, the devil is building something for himself and trying to break things that belong to the Lord. We need to flip the script. We need to build biblically and break down unrighteousness. Got to do it. So if you don't do it, we're going to be in trouble. Finally, you're part of a body, you are a building, and you must become a blessing. You know, you can't curse what God has blessed. All this thing of how do you know if you've been cursed, I get asked that quite a lot. Pastor, you know, I... I was going to make a joke about breaking your toes and I mustn't because somebody did at youth, I think, playing soccer and I, so I'm quite heartbroken about that. So I'm going to do a healing prayer afterwards. And um, I joked and said, maybe we just pray that the Lord extends the toes. And then the youngster was like, yeah, no, I'm fine. The size of the toes is fine. Um, but let me tell you, how do you know if you're cursed or not? Because let me answer that very simply. Just answer the question, I want to be blessed. Because where the blessing is, nothing sits on your shoulders. And nothing sits on, you don't have to be worried about who's trying to put something on your shoulders. When you're already yoked together with the Lord, you are blessed. Nothing can break you. I, I, th- I, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's so incredibly vital that we stop this cursing, fearfulness, in our lives and just say, but the Lord is my blessing. The Lord is my help at my right hand. The Lord is in my heart. The Lord is my strength. I am part of a body. I am a habitation building for the Lord. I am a blessing. When you do that, you'll see yourself like this. Not ashamed to walk into a room. You'll see yourself as the solution in that room. 
is also a clappable moment. There's a lot of clappable moments today. I, need to, I do need to wrap it up. It's a lovely day for a cup of coffee here. Um, it, it, going into business, I thought I would do it because I've been a tither as a salary earner for 30 years, but I thought I'd like to do it in the business sense too. And something very weird happens when you put God in charge. It's a weird thing. It's a mindset thing. So I'll have a guest and they'll say, oh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, um, I, I'm booked into your place because I'm, I'm doing surgery at, at the hospital. You know, I'm quite close. So I'll say, well, uh, I, I hope you'll be safe. Your surgery will be a success. Pray for a quick recovery. Just a little comment. They reply. Oh, you pray. I reply. Yes, on the app. Yes, and in person if you ever need a prayer. Oh, she says, on the way out, maybe if I'm here, will I do a prayer? Turns out she's a professor in Grahamstown. Long problems with both knees. I said, you just message me. I'm going to come down and I'll pray for you. And there we standing in the parking lot doing a prayer. At no stage in that conversation am I embarrassed about what I'm doing because it's my space. I'm in charge here. If it was at your house, I'd have to ask. But you're in my house now. I closed the gate. <laughs> We're doing a prayer. That's how we roll. If you bring a visitor over and they Muslim and I'm going to do a prayer of grace, that's what we're doing. You're in my house. I close the gate. We pray. Be a blessing. Don't be ashamed. Can you say amen to that? Would you please stand with me? I wanted to remind you that everything we've talked about on evil, Jesus has, has solved at the cross. On the topic of division and connection, do you remember one of the actions at the cross? They took his garments and they divided them amongst themselves at his feet. Jesus witnessed what a world falling apart and torn apart looks like and he carried that onto the cross on our behalf. Amen. I'm going to close with a memory from high school in what we're going to do now. If you grew up in a high school like mine, I was in a Model C government school and I was in boarding school and from time to time we would have assembly and at assembly we would sing one or two Christian songs but we would pray the Lord's Prayer. How many of you remember that? Yeah, 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 of course. Well, our declaration this morning, we've ended each topic with a declaration, is going to be the Lord's Prayer. And I'm going to invite us to pray it out loud together. Are you good with that? Can we do that? The team have put it up. It's in from Matthew 6 verse 9. I will just say, in this manner, therefore pray. And then from the hour, could we do it together? Look, this is higher grade saying it together stuff, eh? You're going to clear your throat and we're going to go at the same pace. But let's stand together in unity. Can you say amen to that? Here it is. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts and do not lead us. and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He did it better than me. I want to go to verse 12 again and say it together. That's the and forgive us. Can we, can we carry on from there? One, two, three. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. It sets us free in Jesus' name. Amen. One last shout of praise and worship and thanksgiving.